think that you're headed for a whole lot of trouble. Well, I think that you're headed for a whole lot of trouble. You're listening to The Whiskey Philosopher with Jeff Cooper on the Ignotainment Media Network. If you take your whiskey... Welcome, 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 welcome to episode two of the Whiskey Philosopher. Um, thanks for coming back. Even if you thought last week's show sucked, I appreciate you coming back. Uh, last week I had my good friend, the Ocho Man, on. We talked sports. We talked sports betting. Talked all sorts of shit. Uh, please remember to go subscribe to the Ocho Man's podcast called Behind the Eight Ball. You will never be disappointed. As you heard last week, he is completely full of shit. Stays that way every week on Behind the Eight Ball. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, Also, last week, we drank my own blended scotch whiskey recipe called Philosopher from whiskeyblender.com. I hope you went and visited whiskeyblender.com. Again, if you need the recipe to Philosopher, leave me a note in the comments section on the iTunes uh, podcast store or the Android podcast store, and I'll make sure and get that to you. Um, this week, we're here to do it again. I have another really good whiskey, another really good friend. So, uh, got both going. The whiskey we're going to do this week is, um, Willet Straight Rye Whiskey, aged eight years from good old Bardstown, Kentucky. Um, and so that should be a, I don't want to give anything away, but it should be a good one. Um, my guest this week is... Ironman competitor, all-around stud, Tim Thompson. This isn't your average Ironman competitor, by the way. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, an Ironman race is a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike. Yes, 112 miles. It's also known as very sore-ass territory. 26.2-mile run, a full marathon, all in the same race in the same day. Um, for most of it, the thought of doing something like that is beyond our belief for sure for my fat ass it is well beyond my belief and especially for those you know for those of us that are uh <clears throat> past our athletic prime um it's beyond us but not for tim thompson uh, i wanted to have tim on the show right after the new year began because for all of you blowhards out there that that uh make all the resolutions to work out and eat better and lose weight and do everything else you're gonna do and you know not uh not mess with yourself, you know, whatever it is that you decide you're not going to do or you're going to do in the new year. Um, I invited Tim on here to shame slash inspire you uh, to keep working on whatever it is that you've decided you're going to work on. If anybody can inspire you to do it, it's Tim Thompson. Uh, Tim decided after the age of 40, by the way, that he was going to compete in an Ironman race. And this past August, he not only did it, but he did it amazingly well. Uh, finished top 35 in his age group, 33rd uh, uh, over in his age group. Uh, and he finished in the top 210, actually 208th, out of almost 2,800 competitors. I mean, absolutely beyond belief. So to sit and discuss today, and, and I appreciate him coming by, to discuss uh, how to set and keep your fitness goals, your other goals, whatever it might be. Basically, how do you change your life, no matter where you are? If you're after 40, you're after 50, you're after 30, and you're just a complete fat ass and you can't do anything, whatever it might be, you want to set those goals and keep them. Uh, you know, I want to welcome my good friend Tim Thompson here to hopefully inspire and uh, slash shame you into doing the stuff that you might not otherwise do. How are you, Timmy? Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me here. No, no problem. Appreciate you coming in. So, you know, in, 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 in that intro I built you up, as you could hear. Little I, much. I, I, little, I, little much. I got to do that, right? It's, it's, it, <laughs> no, just, I appreciate it. I'd, I'd, uh, you know, first of all, it's true. Secondly, it'd be a really shitty guest if, <laughs> yeah, you know, Tim sucked. He didn't, he couldn't do any of it and he fell down and, you know, shat himself halfway through the race. It doesn't, it's not the same intro, right? So <laughs> I didn't fall down. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this is, it's a good time of the year for this, right? Because I, I, I remember, I knew, I knew the pre Iron Man Tim Thompson and the post Iron Man Tim Thompson. And, um, you know, while always a diligent guy and a, and a serious guy, and, you know, you're a father of three, happily married, kick-ass lawyer, well-heeled fella overall, you know, it's not like you were a schlep that was out there not doing anything. But you, and I'm going to be nice here, you weren't the most fitness-oriented fella for a little while uh, before, before this, this uh, you know, this goal of really setting out and, and jumping into the Ironman. 
That's true. I, I uh, about four years ago, I uh, kind of having had an epiphany, if you will. I, I realized that uh, I was going the wrong way physically, and uh, made a very conscious decision, turned things around. Started with, uh, as with most people, started with a weight goal, wanted mm-hmm. to lose a few pounds. Really wasn't thinking about it, triathlon or let alone Ironman. But uh, as things progressed. As I started to, uh, you know, gain more fitness, feel better, get stronger, uh, my goals just started to to increase. And uh, over the course of about three and a half years, I guess it was, I did, uh, I guess, roughly 20 triathlons. A couple of them were half Ironman, and then I did the full, as you said, in August. And, uh, you know, for me, getting into the Ironman thing, was it, that was never really the goal starting out. It ended up being the... Uh, the destination but uh but the goal really was just to feel better about myself and uh it turned out that triathlon and, and Ironman in particular uh was a means to that end and uh I love it yeah I mean, so that's that's really the goal or that's a question so on day one the day you decide hey I just want to lose a few pounds I'm not happy with how I'm feeling how I'm looking etc what did you have to do to change your mentality, your mindset, to say, you know what, tomorrow morning when I get up, it's a whole new me. I'm changing all this stuff. Uh, what, what, you know, what was the big key for you in, in, in doing that? The big key for me was hitting 200 pounds. That, that's, yeah. what, uh, that, that's what woke me up. Um, you know, I, it's, it, was a, it was a deal, Jeff, where I was, uh, uh, I'd been traveling a lot and been on the road quite a bit for, for work and uh, it just kind of fallen off the, the wagon a little bit, was uh, eating too much, drinking too much. And like I said before, it was, it, there was a moment in time, and I don't know what really clarified it for me or brought it into focus, but there was a, a distinct moment where I realized I got to make a change. And, and uh, when I had that, that moment, uh, for me, it became very easy. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, uh, you know, I can't speak for, for other folks, but uh, when, when I hit that point, it was pretty obvious to me that something had, uh, had to give. And from that, moment, from that moment on, I never really looked back. Uh, it's, well, been a, it's been a progression ever since. Absolutely, and it's a great way to put it. Something had to give. That was going to be my next question. What gave? What did you give up? Like, what was the thing that you said, okay, done, done with this? Was it shitty food? Was it alcohol? Was it all of the above? Was it... You know what was it? It, it? it was it was a combination of all of the above. It was it was first and foremost it was uh, it, it was alcohol. It was it was it was kind of jumping on the the wagon. Well, welcome to the whiskey. Yeah, philosopher. there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right off the wagon. How are you? <laughs> Out of the pot and into the fire. I uh, yeah I gave up I gave up the uh, the booze first of all. That that was that was killing me. Um, when I realized uh, what a what a uh, detriment that was to my motivation, uh, it became pretty obvious I had to, I had to set that aside. And then obviously food, diet. You know, I think there's a uh, a perception, uh, especially with people who are just getting started with fitness, that if they just start doing something, you know, they'll lose a lot of weight. You know, I just need to exercise to lose weight. The truth is, you really need to change your diet if you want to lose weight. Yeah. And uh, uh, you can you can work out quite a bit and not lose a pound if you just continue uh, with the same diet. So it was for me it was a combination of all of the above. I changed my diet. I changed my drinking habits. I obviously changed my exercise habits. And uh, you know, I never set out. I think it's important to to say that when I started this trek that I that I've been on three and a half years ago, I never envisioned it ending with an Ironman. That was not my goal. I did not, I did not set that as my goal when I started. It was a, uh, a progression and it was a slow progression. Started out doing, uh, you know, sprint triathlons, then went what, to- What is that? What's a sprint okay, triathlon? So, so in the world of triathlon, there's a couple different distances. Uh, sprint triathlons are typically 400 uh, yard swims, 13 mile bikes, and then a 5K run. If you're really, really good uh, at triathlon, uh, you can do one of those in a, in, in under an hour, really, really strong athletes can do, do one of those in under an hour. Um, those are a good place to start. If you, if you're thinking about, 
getting into triathlon or wondering if if that's something that that suits you that's where you start i I would never recommend anybody that they try to bite off an ironman distance race to start their triathlon career i think that's a uh that's going to be a recipe for disaster for most people i mean there's people who do that no don't get me wrong there are people who have done it but for most people you're either going to hurt yourself or lose the motivation uh somewhere along that line you're probably going to peter out and and uh it's going to be tough to do, but if you try to if you try to set realistic goals, I think from the beginning, and I think for anybody, most people could do a sprint, uh, a sprint triathlon, you know, with just a few months of training. Um, you know, I'll give you an idea if you like the sport. First off, I mean, if you don't like it, you know, why do it? Um, and then if you like it, it give you an idea of where you stand, and then then you can kind of move forward from there. Next distance after sprint is Olympic distance. So in the Olympics, uh, they've introduced triathlon as a sport. That is a, uh, a 0.9 mile swim, a, uh, a 24, roughly 24 mile bike, and then a 10K run. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you talked about Ironman. Half Ironman is exactly half the distance of a, of a full. So those are kind of the four basic distances of triathlon. There's a number of races that do a hybrid of those numbers. Um, but generally speaking, that's, uh, that's how it roughs out. Well, you know, I love I love to hear you talk about the change you had to make, particularly when it when it comes to to lifestyle, right? Whether whether it's the food or the alcohol or whatever, it's actually one of the reasons that I love whiskey is, which is a, a really strange segue into, into talking about drinking less. But it's the truth. I love whiskey because you can sit down and you can have one whiskey tastes. If you have the right whiskey, generally, tastes absolutely fantastic. You got the it's right a, whiskey today. Oh yeah. man, it's really good. Yeah, we <laughs> should talk about that in a second. The, but you know, you you can sit down. You you can have one whiskey and you walk away, right? You go whether that one whiskey is at night when it's quiet and you know you're sitting around, or it's in the middle of the afternoon and you know you're getting ready to you're getting ready to to, to finish your day and, and head home. Whatever it might be, it's a wonderful way to do it. Um, and and it's also for me. Whiskey is is not at all about boozing or going out and and you know getting drunk or whatever. It really is about sort of sitting. Most of the time, it's with a with a buddy or two and and having great conversation. Oftentimes, it's alone and just kind of thinking about the world and you know where things are going. And so, it you know I think it's important to to note that you don't have to give up everything you're doing to do something like this, but you do have to to give up everything you're doing in extremes. To do what you did. Well right? said. I mean, well if, said. you know, if you if you want to have a beer, if you want to have a whiskey, you want to have a glass of wine, you can do whatever you want to do. You want to have a Coke, right? you know, whatever it is that you, I mean, not cocaine, a Coca-Cola. Uh, although I guess John Jones proved that you can fight on, co- you know, you can <laughs> compete. In, I won't go there because that bums me out. But um, but anyway, it, you know, it, it is interesting because you, you do have to, you have to make life changes to do what you did. And even if you're going to go somewhere south of what you did to your point whether it's a sprint triathlon whether it's an olympic or or a half you you know you still you've got to change your life before you can before you can expect to see any real results i i I think that's i think that's absolutely true and 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 you're right i I mean don't get me wrong when i told you i changed things you know three and a half years ago in terms of drinking habits and diet and all that you know I, i still drink and i still eat crap you know on a regular basis in fact part of the reason why i do work out as much as i do now is so i can continue to drink and, and eat crap i mean that's a that's a, if you give that stuff up cold turkey and you just walk away from it you're probably not going to be able to stick with it for too long because i think most people at some point in time are going to fall off that yeah. wagon and when they do they're going to feel bad about it and then you feel like yeah, yeah you failed and then it's like well why go on you know yeah. i think there's you, you got to have some kind of uh, reasonableness with respect to, uh, to both your exercise regimen and your diet um, in order to, to do it for the long term. And I right. think that's really, that's, that's the goal, to do it for the long term. I think anybody can do it for a week or two weeks, a month even. But you start talking about a couple of years or, you know, uh, beyond that, you, you, you get too hardcore and uh, you're probably not going to succeed. Well, and to your point, it's got to be a lifestyle change. It can't be a diet or an exercise program. It's got to be something you know, more long-term. Absolutely. Speaking of the whiskey, well, let's talk about that real quick. Because what I do on these, Tim, is I, I generally I drink a different whiskey uh, at each podcast, have one glass of the whiskey while we're sitting here. And whoever whoever is with me on that podcast, we talk about the whiskey a little bit. What do you like? What do you not like? Et cetera. Um, to remind you folks, we are, we are drinking today a Willet Straight Rye Whiskey, eight-year-aged. 
uh, from good old Bardstown, uh, Kentucky. And, and neither Tim nor I are trained whiskey trainers, but we do have a quite, a, quite a bit of experience. We make up for our lack of formal training and experience. And um, as the Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw said, whiskey is liquid sunshine. And I think that's correct. Uh, and I also think that that this Willet is legit. Oh yeah, I mean it oh, is yeah. kick ass. Yeah, I don't know where you found it, Jeff, but it's uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really good. It, this was this was given to me as a gift uh, from a good friend, and you know it's interesting because when you first taste this Willet, to me it's really peppery and really sort of in your face. Yeah. Uh, Let me test that out. Yeah, knock that out. Um, and then, as it as it finishes and goes away, and then and then with the drinks, you know, it seems to me the second drink is much different than the first uh, for this one. Then when it goes away, it's got a long lasting taste, really really good, deep caramel. I mean, really kick ass whiskey. Yeah, not harsh. That that for me, that's uh, that, that's the biggest thing about drinking whiskey, especially if you're drinking it straight. And if it's uh, as they say, smooth, which this obviously is. I mean that's uh, uh, that for me is the is the key. This stuff is really really good. Yes, agreed. So for all the use, I'll, I'll use, I'll use guys, all you you out there that are looking to uh, to try a new whiskey, try the the Willet Rye. Uh, can't recommend it highly enough. It'll turn you into an Iron Man. That's it. <laughs> that's exactly right. One of these a day. It's like the apple. Um, so going back before we, what we're talking about before we before we we did our. Uh, our whiskey review. Um, what Im- what aspect of your life did the training impact most, either good or bad? Like, what was the what was the thing that it impacted the most on the good side, and the thing that it impacted the most on the on the downside for you? Well, it, it's uh, I, I think on both ends, uh, probably interpersonal relationships. I through through triathlon, I've I've met a lot of uh, a lot of good people. Uh, many of whom I train with, a big part of, of, of triathlon, especially if you start going long distances, is finding people that you can train with. Because if you're out on a 100-mile ride on a Saturday morning, you know, 90-degree heat, and you're by yourself, uh, it, makes for, it makes for a pretty, pretty tough day. So if you can find people who share the interest, uh, that's a that goes a long way towards sustaining you, and and I've been fortunate enough to find some people who uh, who have helped me along the way, um, and made some good friends, and that and that, uh, that that's probably been the the biggest uh, biggest benefit. The hard part is as you as you noted, I've got a wife and I've got three daughters who are uh, all in their teen years now, and you start training for something that you know requires you know a race day of. You know, at least for me, 11 and a half hours, I guess it turned out to be. Uh, you got to put in a lot of time. And uh, that can be tough on the family. I mean, I do most of my training early in the morning. I tried to be out, out of the house by, in the summertime, I tried to be out of the house by 5 o'clock in the morning. I tried to be home by 10.30. Oftentimes, I could get out, get my training in, and be home before my girls were even out of bed. Um, but in some instances, you know, that wasn't the case, and, and you have to make some sacrifices um, my family was unbelievable through this process, and uh, my daughters and my wife—I um, couldn't have asked for more support. They came out to uh, to Boulder for the race, and you know, the one thing about about long distance triathlon is it's really not a spectator sport, <laughs> and uh, you know, when you're out there uh, uh, for 11 and a half hours, and your family gets to see you all of four times. Uh, in that period of time, it makes for a long day for them. And, and I was very cognizant of that fact. Um, but I will tell you that uh, having them out there and knowing that they were on the course and just seeing them the few times I did see them, particularly on that marathon, which, which about fucking killed me, um, <laughs> that, was, uh, that, that was an unbelievable inspiration for me. And I, and I, and I, I leaned heavily on them. And, and I had some friends that came out to the race as well and, and another family that was out there. Seeing those people and knowing that they were out there was, was uh, an unbelievable motivation for me. But uh, throughout, the, throughout the training, um, my family was unbelievable. And, they, you know, they say, you talk to, to people who do this kind of racing, they'll tell you, the race is actually the payoff. 
you know, the hard part is the training. The hard part is getting up and, you know, at dark and, and, uh, and going out and, and riding for five hours, you know, sometimes by yourself, sometimes with other people or, you know, running 15, 18, 20 miles. Uh, that's the hard part. The fun part, you know, I, I use that term somewhat loosely, but the fun part is is actually doing the race because you have the crowd support. And some people say it's like a uh, it's like a long catered training ride, you know. Um, but it was it was great. But but you know, it's a long way of answering what was a simple question, and that is, uh, uh, you know, friends and, and family on both ends. Uh, that that's. Uh, that's how I would answer that, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I I can see that completely. And you talked about you talked about your training regimen, and you know, it, obviously, training for for an Ironman and and really getting going, you're gonna you're gonna run, bike, and swim a ton. What sort of uh, tools or apps or like what kind of things made your training easier? And what what would you recommend to people that are that are looking to get into you know the early the early stages of triathlon training. What apps and tools are the best things that they could that they can look at? Well, I tell you, the, triathlon can be extraordinarily expensive. I mean, you can put you, there's no end to the amount of money you can put in the triathlon between bikes and and races and stuff like that. I mean, it, it can get really really expensive. But if you're just starting out and you want to you know give a, a sprint triathlon a try or something along those lines. You can any bike will suffice. You don't need to go out and buy yourself a you know five thousand dollar tri bike. You know you can ride a, a mountain bike through that kind of race. Um, get some shoes that fit you. Um, that's probably the most important thing at, at that distance. Um, but as you get into the into racing more, if you set, decide it's something that you're into and you want to uh, go on to bigger things, um, there's no end to the things that are out there to help you. You're talking about apps, for instance. Um, there's, uh, there's a number of swim and bike apps that, uh, that I use. I travel a lot, and when I'm on the road um, and I need to swim, I can, I, can pull up, uh, I can pull up an app that will tell me where the closest pool is. Um, those kinds of things are, uh, um, are of, of huge uh, huge assistance. Swim radar is the name of that app. Yeah. So you get on swim radar, you just put in the zip code or town that you're in, and it'll give you a list of pools that are in the area. Um, I ride uh, ride and run with Garmin. Mm-hmm. Uh, tracks all my you know mileage, heart rate, power, those kinds of things. Um, the Garmin Connect app is a is a very helpful app. Uh, if you decide you're going to get a coach, if you get to the point where you decide uh, you really want to test yourself or, or push yourself to personal records or PRs as they call them uh, and you get yourself a coach um, you know training plans are a big a, a big asset to to uh, to anybody uh, I have for instance when I was doing the Ironman I had a coach who set me up with a training plan and she put that plan on a on an app called training peaks and so every morning I'd wake up and there'd be an email on my phone that said, "This is what you're, this is what you're doing today," and uh, it detailed, you know, not only the discipline but exactly the distance and what the goal was. Uh, you know, if I'm doing intervals or if I'm doing track running or if I'm doing, uh, uh, you know, swim sets, whatever the case may be, it was all it'd be right on my phone. I'd see it first, you know, from the moment I woke up in the morning. Those kinds of things help because the hard part, if you if you try to do it on your own. And you can do it on your own. You got to be really disciplined doing it. But if you try to do it on your own, one of the hard things is if you wake up in the morning, and you kind of say to yourself, "What do I do today?" Uh, that's not going to. Uh, uh, that's probably not going to work out for the long term. You, you need to have it set out before you start. Thank you, Jeffrey. Um, if you have that plan set out before you begin, and it's just a matter of fulfilling the plan, it makes it a lot easier. Um, How did you find your coach? I found my coach, you know, one of the first uh, bigger races that I did was Escape from Alcatraz. And um, in, in researching that particular event, which is, uh, which is out in San Francisco, you swim in the, uh, the San Francisco Bay there, it's a, it's a hell of a deal. Um, in researching that event, I came across this woman who was 
training people specifically for that event. And I contacted her. She was out of California. That's another thing. You don't even, you know, in today's age, you don't have to, your coach can live anywhere in the world. You know, I mean, I, you talk by phone, you talk by email, text, whatever the case may be. Um, got in touch with her. She was out in uh, Ventura, California. Uh, I had a few conversations with her. She set me up with a plan. Um, my goal for that race was to go under three hours and I had 257. And uh, so I thought, well, you know, I'll stick with her. And uh, was she a good coach? She is a good coach. Yeah, she does. Give her, give now, her a shout out. Give her some love. <laughs> Rachel Castanet is her name, and uh, she's a uh, she's a she's a good gal. And uh, I uh, I relied on her not only for escape from Alcatraz, but then uh, both the half Ironman I did and the full. She uh, she helped me helped me with those as well. So uh, you find yourself a good coach that'll make a big difference. Um, How do folks get in touch with Rachel if they're looking for a good coach, whether it's for Escape from Alcatraz or any other? She's any at other race? Uh, she's with Hypercat Racing, um, which is uh, you just type in Hypercat and uh, her website will come up. Name is Rachel, and uh, she'll set you up. She'll set you up not only for triathlon, but if you want it, it doesn't matter what the uh, it doesn't matter what the um, the event is she she'll train you for uh you know marathons 10ks half marathons whatever the whatever the case may be she's out in uh if you want to call her she's at 805-477-0353 and like i said she's out in ventura california really nice gal uh she she will stay out of your business if you want her to stay out but she'll get in if you want her in so um Highly recommend coaching. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna get to that point where you decide even to do a half Ironman, um, I couldn't I couldn't stress the the uh, how big of an asset a coach is enough. That's a that's a huge deal. So if somebody's if somebody's just looking, you know, they're they're at the very beginning of the training. So we got you know we talked at the beginning of the podcast about it's that time of year. Everybody's out making their resolutions, et cetera. And if people are just looking for a little bit of daily inspiration, do you have people that you follow on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, whatever, that you think are good follows for, you know, just sort of whether whether it's training advice, whether it's daily inspiration, weekly inspiration, or just people that are out there, you know, they're just doing it, which is an ins- inspiration in and of itself. Who would you recommend for, you know, for, again, wh- anything social media or you know, any great books that you look at, you know, those kind of things. What material uh, uh, from a, you know, from a, whether it's a training or an inspiration standpoint do you look at? Well, you know, one uh, uh, one site that I rely very heavily on, and this is particularly for the technological aspects of, of uh, endurance racing, uh, it's a site called DC Rainmaker, dcrainmaker.com. And uh, the guy who... R- so it's really a blog is what it is and uh he does unbelievable uh reviews of of technological equipment uh on his site i mean the the product reviews uh if you're if you're looking for a bike trainer you know it's something you put your bike on and in the winter time to ride and you want to know you know should i get the uh should i get this one versus that one you get on his site, you take a look at it, and he'll have a review on it. And he doesn't just talk about, oh, yeah, this is kind of a, uh, this is a pretty nice trainer. He, he goes through a detailed analysis of each one, and then we'll compare uh, one product head-to-head against another one. So um, the DC Rainmaker site is, uh, is for me, a, uh, a, big, um, a big asset. I, I, use that, I use that quite a bit. Um, Twitter, I'll be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't done a lot of Twitter, Jeff. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I still don't even really know how to use it, to be honest. But, uh, um, but, but for me, the, uh, uh, it, 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 there's a lot of, um, I guess, uh, websites that I, that I rely on more than, uh, more than I would say the social media aspect of it when I want to uh, get into details of things. Um, you know, right now, for instance, it's it's wintertime. I don't know what the wind chill is out here right now. Negative, cold, fucking ten or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Um, but my all my training's indoors right now, so my bike's on the trainer. And uh, you know, when I do my riding now, I use an app called uh, Trainer Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all one word, Trainer Road. 
And what that'll do is it gives you, uh, uh, you can do it with videos. Um, it's, uh, uh, it provides you with a workout plan for the bike. And you can go through and, and uh, decide if you want to ride for a half an hour, you want to ride for an hour, you want to ride for five hours. They've got plans, you know, you can search by time, you can search by the, uh, the level of exertion that's required in the particular uh, um, ride. Um, and I use that uh, during the wintertime. It's a fantastic uh, um, tool, particularly if you really want to improve your bike riding. Um, and I use that oftentimes in conjunction with a, uh, uh, another site that, that manufactures videos or for riding called Sufferfest. If you really want to bust your ass, <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to get after it, um, Sufferfest, uh, they, they've got a, they've got, I don't know how many videos they have now, maybe 15, 18, 20 videos or something along those lines. Um, high intensity, relatively shorter duration. I mean, most of their videos are within an hour. You know, you can get most of their stuff done in about an hour, but it is high, high intensity stuff. Um, that in combination with Trainer Road, those app, those will merge. That video will merge with Trainer Road, uh, so that uh, um, you can you can kick your ass. Pretty yeah, you can hard. kill yourself you in a good yourself. sixty minutes. There's no there's awesome. no end. There's no end to what's out there. There's awesome. no end. Well, that's you know, again, not looking to kill myself, Tim. But it's a it's a good uh, good training tools, and people people can can take a look at all those, particularly as you advance in level and you. You, you advance in, in your training. Yeah, it's all relative. I, I mean, you know, some of the stuff we're talking about right now is, is way, it's probably way beyond just beginner stuff. Um, and you don't have to get into these things. You don't have to get into apps. You don't have to do, uh, you don't even have to have a trainer uh, if you just want to get started. Uh, it's all relative. You know, it's all relative to what your goals are and what your current level of fitness is. Um, but I'll tell you this, and, and, uh, I've had a number of people tell me, oh, it's unbelievable you did that Iron Man, you know, and so on and so forth. The truth is, and, and I mean this, this isn't just, this just isn't, isn't bullshit. Unless you've got a knee replacement or a hip replacement or, or something along those lines that you're dealing with, anybody, and I mean anybody, can do it. It's just a function of how bad do you want it. And if, uh, if you're willing to put the time in and you're willing to put the effort in, you can do it. There's no doubt about it. You can do it, but it but it's not easy. Yeah. It isn't easy. But 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 you can do it. And I, because a lot of people have said, "Oh, I can never do that." I you know I can, that's that's impossible. That's not true. It's just, it's really it's really within within anybody's reach. It's just a question of you know, are you willing to put in the time and the effort? And, and for a lot of people, it just isn't worth that. Right. I get that. You know. But 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 it's not a function of just not being able to do it. No, there's no doubt about it. It's. It's really a function of deciding that you're not going to do it, um, or deciding not to do it. <laughs> one of the two, right? I mean, that's, that's true. That's true. It. Which which leads me to, to another question for you, because you know, th there's a there's the huge you know mindfulness movement that's out there right now, and and you know a lot more um, attention has been put on meditation, and you know a lot of the the inward looking sort of uh, reflective type things, gratitude, et cetera. Obviously, this training, all of it, going out at five o'clock and coming back at ten o'clock. I don't give a fuck what you do for the five hours, as long as you're not drinking. You're gonna get, you're gonna get in better shape if you're out, you know, walking, running, biking, swimming, whatever. That gets your body right. What do you do, if anything, to get your mind right? Well, you know, for me, uh, the exercise for me isn't just a function of, of physical improvement it is also for me mental improvement I, you know one thing I think if, if, if you're if you're talking if you're considering long distance events or long distance endurance activities I think one thing you got to be honest with yourself about is are you comfortable being in your own head for hours at a time because that that at the end of the day is where you spend most of your time um, for me that is that's kind of a, a liberating it's um, meditation unto it, itself. It, it really is it's it's you know when you're when when i'm out there and i'm on a you know on the bike for a few hours or running for an hour or two um you know my mind goes in a million different directions but but it's very calming for me and it's uh, uh for me it's, it's relaxing truthfully and uh 
It is. It's probably a good way to put it. It is kind of a form of meditation. Uh, I don't formally meditate. Um, my wife is uh, just was certified as a yoga instructor, and she's uh, she encourages me to do yoga and those kinds of things, uh, which I reluctantly do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but by and large, it's it's the exercise itself for me that is as much as as much as the physical side of it. Exercise for me is about is about a mental relaxation that is hard to get anywhere else. Oh, there's no question about it. And w- during that time, when you're out on the bike or you're out on a run or whatever it might be, what do you what do you listen to? Are you a music guy? Are you a book on tape? Like what what's the what what's your uh, your media of choice when you're when you're out and about, or is it just silence? No, I, I well sometimes I I, w- I will run or, or ride. Um, without anything at times just because you know when you one thing people should know is that if you're going to do an iron at least an ironman brand event i don't know if some people don't know ironman itself is a brand uh, there are iron distance races out there that are not ironman quote unquote races but if you're going to do an ironman branded race you cannot use an ipod or any kind of listening device um, when you're doing that um, so in order to get uh, accustomed to that I do uh, do some long rides or runs with nothing, uh, just so that's not uh, novel to me on race day. But but typically I do listen to an iPod, and I'm a big music fan. And it's mostly, I guess, mostly uh, hip hop and alternative music is what I kind of nice. rely on. And uh, I don't change it up quite enough, but uh, uh, but I do find that motivating. Um, although doing this podcast now, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I need to. Uh, Dial into one of those bad boys at some point. You know? <laughs> it's whiskey philosophy. Yeah, that might, might be just the motivation I need. That's right. <laughs> behind the eight ball, <laughs> knock it out. Um, speaking of the Iron Man, I have a question because I know I know it becomes the Iron Man world is like I mean it is its own world. It's a subculture, it's, it, no yeah, doubt. It really is. Who in the Iron Man subculture, to use your words, who do you most admire in that in that world and why? Well, you know, there's a guy, there's a professional, if I'm talking about professional athletes out there, there's a guy named Jesse Thomas who is, uh, he's out of Oregon. And uh, Jesse came on the scene a few years ago uh, in an event called Wildflower. Um, he was an amateur at the time and came came in first place in that event. It's a half iron distance race. Um, just kind of sprang onto the scene and uh, turned pro relatively quickly thereafter um but but he uh i've never had the i've never had the pleasure well i saw i I actually i I took a piss next to jesse on uh on the ferry (laughs) at uh at the alcatraz event he doesn't know that but uh i'll never wash my hands jesse it was a pleasure i gotta tell you uh but yeah he uh he uh he's a guy who is very uh uh readily shares his knowledge. He does some articles and, and stuff for Triathlete Magazine. Uh, just a very, very nice guy. But that's, you know, that's really true of most uh, triathlete, triathlete, uh, uh, triathletes. Um, they're very generous people, by and large, willing to share their, their knowledge and share their advice. Um, you do run into some people every once in a while who are, you know, knobs for lack of a better term but uh, uh, but most uh, most triathletes are, are very nice people and are and a lot of them are in it for the social aspect of it as much as they are for the um, for the fitness benefit of it so um, you'll have no trouble if you want if you want information or if you want to pick people's brains or you, uh, uh, you know you're just trying to get some advice on something you have no problem finding people willing to share perfect well and that by the way that brings up something too um is the etiquette of it right um and and by the way just looking at something really quickly if you want to follow jesse thomas on twitter it's just at jesse j-e-s-s-e m thomas jesse m thomas t-h-o-m-a-s you can follow him on twitter if you'd like to uh like to follow him a little more closely as you go through but Speaking of the culture, speaking of the the social aspect of it, you know, as people are starting out, um, you know, in in every world, there's etiquette, right? In whether you're doing a sprint triathlon, whether you're just in a 5K, whatever. 
And every one of these things that you go to, and, it, and I know you well, and so I know, you, I know that this shit drives you up a wall. There is that douchebag that does everything wrong, right? Fucks up the line of the bike, you know, pisses in the swimming pool, <laughs> whatever it might be. Give me, give me a list of the, the things not to do to be, a, you know, how, how not to be a douchebag in the triathlon slash, you know, sort of race circuit. Well, I, you know, it, it starts uh, on race morning. You know, race morning at any triathlon, I don't care what the distance is, whether it's, you know, a sprint or a full Ironman distance race. Race morning is a pretty tense time for just about everybody who's out there. And the guy who comes on the scene and acts like he's the only one racing that morning uh, and doesn't and clearly doesn't give a damn about anybody else's uh, uh, stuff uh, or how much room they have. You know, you're de- you, when you get into a triathlon corral, you're dealing with a pretty tight space. Typically, everybody's got a you know uh, you know about a, a two foot you know width of uh, of space to put their bike and their their gear and their shoes and their helmets and all the all the business they're going to need for the day. And when you get on the scene and the guy, you know, next to you is uh, taking up not only his space, but your space and, and doesn't really seem to give a shit, um, you know, about your race, that kind of stuff is, uh, I think, annoys everybody. So, you know, when you get on, when you get to a race like this, you, you got to be aware that everybody's a little tense. Most of, most everybody hasn't slept real well the night before. Um, they're probably not going to, uh, most people aren't probably going to be overly generous with their time or with information at that point in the day. Um, but as long as you just kind of stay cool, you know, uh, pay attention to what's going on around you, just have common courtesy, I guess, is really what it is. Just respect the people that are around you. Um, you're going to get along just fine. After the race, it opens up. Everybody's drinking, you know, trying to uh, trying to recover. Much more relaxed, obviously, once the race is done. And if you have questions or you just want to, you know, pick somebody's brain at that point in time, you're going to have more uh, more than enough people to choose from uh, at that point. But race morning, it's kind of a sensitive time for most people. Um, nobody's nobody's an asshole, but uh, but tension, you know, tension is definitely there, and you can feel it and. Uh, uh, it's that that's not the time to 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 try to get up in somebody's business yeah just sort of stay step outside yourself for a second understand that everybody else is there to have a race and and uh, you know try to try to accommodate them as much as you're accommodating that's yourself right. that's yeah. right as hard as you've worked to get there you know the guy next to you has done done exactly the same thing maybe more so um, you know just just be respectful of the fact that that everybody's there to have a good day so that leads me into something right because everybody everybody that goes through these whether it's the training the race the whatever They've got that story, right? They got that thing that happened to them. Whether whether you know, yeah, I was, you know, I was really hungry and it was in Arizona and I ate a gecko, or you know, I mean, God knows what the fuck the people, you know, everybody's got the crazy ass story from a training or or a or a or a, a race at some point. What's yours? Wow. Well, that depends on how personal I want to get. To be honest with you. Oh, get after it. Get after it. It's just me. It's just me, you, and Chris. Nobody else is on this. Well, my worst moment, the worst moment for me, uh, was was undoubtedly uh, about a month before my Boulder race. Uh, I was out on a on a uh, long training run and uh, did half the run with one of my uh, good friends who uh, has been uh, an incredible asset to me. His name is uh, Ed Breida. He's a, he's a local guy here. If you need oral surgery, by the way, Ed Breida's a good guy to see. Um, but uh, I was out with Ed. We were running. He was only going half the distance with me, and uh, I didn't get three miles into that run before I knew something was wrong with my stomach. And uh, by the time we got to about mile seven, I, I knew I had a, a serious issue on my hand. And that's about where I dropped Ed off at his car, and I had to go on another three miles out before I made the turnaround to complete a 20-mile run that day. And I got, I dropped Ed off, I guess, at mile seven. I got about another half mile down the trail, and it was on me. That was it, man. <laughs> and fortunately, you know, the, the, the good news was Ed, I told Ed, you know, my, hey, man, my stomach is just killing me. Ed, Ed takes his hat off, and this is, this, is, this, is, this is when you know when you're with a, a, real, uh, uh, a real endurance athlete. Ed takes his hat off, and 
hands this uh, plastic bag over to me that's got toilet paper in it. He goes, here, take this. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. But uh, unfortunately, that toilet paper was uh, that covered a, that covered the uh, the, the tip <laughs> of the iceberg. Um, the head of the turtle. Oh my God! I I I, I did uh, finally pull off the trail and uh, relieved myself, so to speak, on the you know about a foot to the side of the trail. I'm sorry for all those other people that came behind me, but um, then continued on my run. I finished that 20 mile run, but by the time I got back, dude. I had diaper rash oh. like I have never had in my life. And my ass was on fire for about four days. I couldn't ride. I couldn't run. Um, the, the best friend I had at that point in time was Aquaphor. <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was awful. It's the dangers of training. The that is it. Training. You know, that, that's right. I mean, if you do it long, if you go enough and you do it enough, you are going to have it happen to you. Yeah. You just hope it doesn't happen to you during a race. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. There is no <laughs> doubt about it. Well, you know, I... <laughs> so I got to ask you this. We, I, I try to focus in this podcast, in addition to whiskey, on thinking about life overall and the things that, the things that matter, things that might make your day a little bit better, make your life a little bit easier, whatever it might be. And, and so, you know... This is the question that always comes up, particularly when you get to be up about our age, when our mid forties, and you know we've got kids that are growing and everything else. So here you sit, you got a great family, you're a well-heeled lawyer, doing very, very well. You completed an Ironman. You're in great shape. You're in good health. Are you successful? Well, that's a big question. That's a big question. I mean, you know. <clears throat> You, let me, let me, before you answer, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why? Because I know the answer in my head, right? I don't know, I'm, and I want to hear your answer afterwards. But when, when you get done answering the question, let's also talk about why people are always hesitant. I've asked the same question to a number of people. I'll continue to ask as we go through. Why people are always hesitant to, hesitant to just say, fuck yeah, I'm successful. So go ahead and answer, and then, and then I want to talk about that. I, you know, for end. me, I think I think the reason I'm hes- I'm hesitant myself is because I, I think I think success is a journey and not a destination. And I think if you get to the point where you, you feel like, yeah, I've, I'm successful, I've made it somehow or another. To, to, from my point of view, um, it kind of removes the motivation to to be better. You know, it's like okay, I, I've I've reached the the apex somehow, and uh, I don't think you ever get to that point. You know, it's kind of like uh, you never never being satisfied. You know what I mean? I, I know you're the same. I know you're the same way. Um, you know, you you can't you you don't want to just rest on your laurels. You know, I it, do. I feel like I've uh, do. I feel like I've done a good job as a father. Do I feel like I've you know. Uh, done well in my occupation and in, 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 in the uh, the extracurricular endeavors that I've gotten myself into. Yeah, I do feel like I've I've done well in those things and and I am proud of myself. I, I'll admit that I am proud of myself to, to to a certain extent for for the things that that I've done. Um, but I'm not satisfied with where with where I'm at now. Um, I do want more and I do expect more of myself and. Uh, um, and hopefully, you know, God willing, I've got a long, uh, a long time to accomplish it. But, um, I think, you know, I, I think that, that for me, that's, that's where that hesitation came from. It's like, you know, am I, it's, it's kind of like asking, I feel like it's almost like asking you, are you done? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's no, like, no I, I'm not done. I'm I not agree. done. I agree. And I think, by the way, off the top of your head, I think you nailed what, what my personal belief is in success which is success is a journey. It's not a destination. I think you absolutely nailed that. And for me, the answer is, yes, I am successful today. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because tomorrow, yeah. I might have a different answer. I might, if I spend the next five years doing fuck all, then five years from now, I may not be able to say, yes, I'm successful, right? Or feel like I'm doing well at whatever I'm doing or whatever it might be. But I, I agree. And, and I think your quote is absolutely dead on that success is a is a journey yeah yeah and I, I think you know when you put it that way and you say if you if you add that word today 
to the question. It, it, it makes it an easier, uh, it's an easier question to answer. Um, but it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a long ride, man. Hopefully, yeah. at least hopefully it's a long ride, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, and you just got to keep pushing yourself. I mean, that's, that's for me, that's what, uh, that's what the whole triathlon thing is about. It's, it's about pushing myself. It's about, it's about, uh, trying to be better, you know, and, um, I think if that's your motivation when you begin anything, I think you're probably gonna, it's probably gonna work out for you pretty well. Um, if it's just to lose weight, you know, if that at the end of the day is what you're shooting for, or, you know, you just wanna, you know, you wanna, you wanna look better, um, you know, that'll probably last for a while and, and, and maybe for some people a lifetime, but, uh, but I think by and large, it's, it's quite more of a function of, do you just wanna be a better person? Yeah. You know, do you wanna challenge yourself and, and uh, uh, you know, make the most of, of what you can be? And, and um, triathlon's just the route that I've taken to, to try to uh, challenge myself in that way. Um, there's a number of other ways to do it, obviously, so. Um, nope, I agree, man. I agree, and I thank you for taking the time today. I really do. It's Thank fantastic, you for the whiskey, Jeff. I hey, appreciate you it. You are very welcome, anytime. And uh, and no, I really do appreciate it. I think that I think that that your your story a is an inspiration to folks who are sitting around today saying, "Hey, I made a news resolution. I want to get better." Or even if you didn't, you lazy ass, and you and you know you can make a you know a, a mid January resolution and start today because you know it doesn't matter. Don't ever start tomorrow. Start today. Get going on it. Uh, and and Tim, I thank you for 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 everything today. I really appreciate it. Um, and folks, if you uh, go to the iTunes or the Android podcast store and subscribe to this podcast, the Whiskey Philosopher, uh, it'll show up on your phone every week. Any questions, comments, complaints, etc., leave them in the comments section under uh, under each episode in both of those stores, and we'll make sure and get back to you. The same token, if you got any questions for Tim Thompson or anything that you want to do. The same thing. Leave them in the comments section. We'll make sure and get them to Tim. Tim will get right back to you. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. And until then, cheers. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Timmy. You're listening to The Whiskey Philosopher with Jeff Cooper on the Ignotainment Media Network. Visit us at www.ignotainment.com.